Welcome to the Fitness FAQs podcast where we use calisthenics to gain bodyweight strength, build muscle to look like a bodybuilder, and unlock the mobility to move freely. What's going on everyone? Daniel Vadnell, Australian physiotherapist here for Fitness FAQs, and I'm excited to be joined by Hybrid Calisthenics, the creator Hampton. He has an absolutely massive following on all the major social media platforms. We're talking YouTube, two plus million, TikTok, he's taken that by storm with over a million followers. Today, we're going to be talking about growing a social media following, having a successful online business, and also all things calisthenics. Hampton, welcome, man. How are you doing? Hey, Daniel, thank you so much for having me on. And so very nice to meet you. I've been watching your stuff for a while. Great content. Thanks for doing what you do. No worries. And I imagine you're just fresh off a wedding I hear. Right, right. Uh, got back from my honeymoon this week. Awesome. Where'd you go and how was it? Well, we went to Michigan, Michigan. Um, my wife has some family up there and it's interesting how many people don't know it, but they say, well, what's in Michigan? Uh, well, she has some families and it's a very beautiful area. We didn't really want to go anywhere too extravagant, yeah. but there's a place called Mackinac Island. Um, for people who know the movie Somewhere in Time, it's kind of like an early 20th century aesthetic where there's no cars allowed. Uh, there's electricity, but you have to travel everywhere by horse or bike. And it's a really nice area. A lot of people go there for a romantic weekend or something, but her grandmother just happens to live around there. So we traveled there in different parts of Michigan. Very beautiful area. If you can go there, I highly recommend it. You must be very grateful that amidst what we're going through globally, that you were able to one, have the wedding and also to travel to such a, sounds like a serene place. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, and I mean, for those of you that are worried, um, these are very relatively isolated places. Like I spent yeah. a lot of time hiking to where it was only us for maybe miles. Um, and we're around Lake Superior. Uh, once again, beautiful area. And we are very blessed. We kept the wedding small just because, you know, not even, you know, of course with lockdown and everything, but I, before social media, because we talked about that, I'm kind of a private person. So I don't make a big affair of a lot of things. So it was small 10 person wedding. And then, uh, yes, we're very lucky to be able to do what we do. But part of me wanted to come back and build. I, I like building things. I think yeah. if the internet didn't exist, I would be a farmer. I like just hunting <laughs> something and then growing it. Or um, before this, I did design work and web design work. And one of the things that I got a little bit of a high off of was spending the, like this guy paid me $500 to do a website, but I would make him a $5,000 website, a really good website. And I would send him and they, they'd be like, whoa, this is amazing. Thank you so much. And when I sent that email and I was kind of giddy, I was like, here we go, 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 here we go. <laughs> that's, uh, waiting for them to see it and be happy. I thrived in that moment. And that's kind of what I get to do with content now. If I make something that I think will be helpful and will help a lot of people, I don't even have to wait because I post it and then people give me feedback. So I'd love to hear what your, your story is in terms of how you, I guess, started hybrid calisthenics, um, and take it from there, just sharing your story. Okay, so that's a great question. I've shared this a few times, so I, I've kind of learned to condense it a little bit. Um, but it's funny based on how much that I want to give away. I'm still working on it, but one of the biggest things that a fitness brand can sell is their course or something. That's like one of their, their main things, one of the main revenue streams for some people. But I decided to do that for free which is interesting because this started off not, you know, I was always kind of a friendly person. You know, I, I didn't want to help people, 
but hypercalisthenics started off as something called a niche website or a blog because someone got me hooked on this idea of passive income and they're like, oh yeah, you can just write articles and um, you know, people will go to those articles and eventually you put ads on that website and you can make a little bit of money on the site. And I'm like, oh, this sounds interesting. What do I want to do it about? Um, and that's originally, because I was brainstorming different things, like different topics. It wasn't even necessarily calisthenics, but eventually I settled on calisthenics and eventually I decided to name hybridcalisthenics.com partially because a lot of domain names were taken and that was nice and unique sounding. <laughs> so I was like, well, um, it's funny because back then I would have given, I really wanted something like bodyweightfitness.com, which now I wouldn't want. Well, I mean, cause it was, it sounded like, I was like, people will type that in and my website will come up. But now it's just like, it's relatively generic. So I was like, I'm glad I'm on the hybrid calisthenics. And the good thing about your name as well to interject there is the word hybrid calisthenics. Mm -hmm. I love that because it doesn't box you into calisthenics only. And that's very similar to fitness FAQs. I'm glad it wasn't, um, you know, calisthenicsonly.com or something like that. Because who knows, in the future, you might want to transition to other things. So I like how you've future-proofed your name. Right, right. Well, I'm very blessed because I mean, I could have, I could have come up with something stupid, <laughs> and this is something that I can probably stick with for a while. The one downside is a lot of people misspell it, um, but we will teach the world eventually how to spell calisthenics. <laughs> I have confidence. <laughs> oh um, man, the people butcher it all the time. I know. <laughs> right, right. And, I mean, it's part of it. You know, market's never wrong, so it's my fault. I will, I will make some content on how to spell calisthenics, but um, so it started off as a business plan. Um, not a, you know, people, there's almost like a negative connotation behind business. Like I'm here to get money, but started off as a way to put out information for the purpose of getting, of getting content, uh, of, of getting money. Sorry. Uh, just to fast forward a little bit, because, you know, I don't want to spend all, I could talk for an hour on this, but I started doing that and I got really excited and I had all these products and these ideas that I was going to sell. I'm very entrepreneurially minded. Um, and my mom got sick at the time. Uh, she had a massive stroke, unfortunately. And that she eventually died from that, but I was taking care of her for a year and a half. So everything that I was excited about got put on hold. You know, I was like my job and the side project, everything just got put on hold. Um, and I, I spent next year and a half just taking care of her and trying to get her better. And back then I would listen to some content. Um, I would listen to just different ideas on how to establish a business. And it was something that I would listen to while I'm driving. And this idea came to me that I was like, oh, I can do video. I can do video. And, you know, because I was listening to people on video, I was like, well, why don't I try video? That's when I started doing hybrid calisthenics videos. And back then my first platform was Facebook because that was the thing I was, again, I was not very comfortable with social media. I, I, I've become an early adopter. I wasn't, I didn't text until 2012. <laughs> we won't hold that against you. That's all right. You found your right, way. I, in I, the I end. Right. I was just like, this is, this is new and it's wrong. No, no, not necessarily that, but um, I didn't text for a while. And so I was on Facebook. I had like 200 friends uh, just because, you know, I started late on Facebook and that's where I was comfortable posting video. And I would, I was trying to get followers and trying to get people to listen. And it was interesting because I started off, I started this as a way to make money. But as soon as I got my first message, I think my first video was about you know, some fitness philosophy or some, something to help people. As soon as I got my first message, um, someone said, Hampton, this really helped me out. Thank you so much for making this. Uh, can you do more stuff? As soon as I had that community of one, 
there was like a 180. I was like, I was like, this is my child. Um, I, I want to protect it and I want to nurture it. And that's really what it became is I wanted to grow the hybrid calisthenics community. And if I can make a living doing it, that'd be great. Obviously, that's kind of understating it because if I had to get a separate job and I wasn't making any money from it, and we can get into that later, <clears throat> yeah, um, I would be able to spend less time on it. I wouldn't be able to grow as, as fast. So it is a big factor. But it went from money-focused to community-focused as soon as I got that message because it's, it's became, became real. It's about someone that I want to take care of times now a million. It was one person. Now it's uh, a couple million um, that I all want to take care of. They're all... Um, some of them are much older than I am, but I think a lot of them as my siblings. I just want to care for them and do what I can for them. So that's really how I got started in the hyper calisthenics. Um, and then I expanded out of TikTok, um, and I got onto, um, Instagram and I just made, I spread my content everywhere. I spread my content everywhere. It sounds like the major takeaway I got from what you said is the authenticity and sincerity of your reason behind doing it can't be discounted because, what you said, the one word that stands out to me is community. The fostering of the community that you've done. I envy it. I think a lot of other content creators would envy it because you've got such a, a huge following that is really dedicated to your, to your content. And I think that's a major part of your success. But it's obviously not an accident because that's, I guess, the root of what is underpinning what you're putting out there. So that sounds like a major success element to start with. Right. Absolutely. Well, I think, you know, community, I used to say it a lot. I kind of stopped for a while because I noticed it was a buzzword. Okay. Because it was something a lot of people would talk about and they're like, Oh, we want to build community. We want to build community and power to them. I'm not saying, Oh, I'm so much better at building community than they are. They just don't know what they're talking about. It's, it's not that, but I've noticed that some people, just in my opinion, I love them, but they say, I want to build a community and all their content is like shirtless photos of themselves, which is okay. That, that, that's okay. But I think what they actually want to build is a cult. <laughs> they, they want to build a cult that tells them how good looking they are, how strong they are, and how muscular they are. You know, and I, like, it's not my place to judge them. If you want that, you know, you have the right to do that. But that's not necessarily a community. And I want to build a community. This is almost like, um, this is almost idealistic that I want something that lasts after I'm gone. After I'm gone, this is why I'm glad to name it Hampton Calisthenics, but hybrid mm. calisthenics. I want communities uh, and people to make connections way beyond what I can do because it got, it grew fast. You know, I'm sure, you know, social media, like once it starts growing, it can grow fast. And it got to the point where I was getting like thousands of messages a day and I couldn't answer all my messages like I used to personally and give them like a long, like three paragraph essay on how to do pushups. <clears throat> so one of the things I want to do is I, I make, content so everyone can search it and also the community can help each other they're like well i, I hampton didn't see it because <laughs> hampton can't read all the messages but the community can help each other so that's one of the reasons i'm really happy to build one and to your point um this is also one of the ways where we can win i mean this helps other people but it also helps us so everyone yeah. wins in the community exactly how would you differentiate between a community and a cult because here's my interpretation of it so a cult okay would be just one person standing at the top, yelling out their thoughts and beliefs and not being willing to discuss or change their mind, even if new information presents itself and it might be quote unquote better or go against what they say. Whereas a community, I imagine, would be just a, 
collection of people who share similar values and beliefs where there isn't necessarily one person on the top. Rather, it's about the concepts of whatever it is being discussed, whether it's calisthenics, philosophy, psychology, as opposed to what does Hampton do? What does Hampton eat? Right. How does Hampton train? Is that is that kind of how you differentiate what you've got going on? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, this, you know, the difference between a community and a cult, I mean, I guess people could argue about it, right? I don't think it's black and white because some people would argue that any community is a cult or any cult is a community in some ways. Yeah, it's tricky. But, and one of the things that I would say differentiate between people calling us a cult and people calling us a community is that I am now slowly turning my attention and I recognize this is a hard thing towards empowering people within our community to go and build their own communities. So that mm. potential, everything you said, by the way, I agree with everything you said, that was a beautiful summary. You asked the question, I'm like, how am I going to answer this? And then you answered it for me. So thank you. Um, I'm doing your job but, for you, Dora. <laughs> right, right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, but I want the to give and plant the seed for evolution. One of the things I'm doing now, hybrid creators, which is part of the hybrid calisthenics community, I'm going to, I know people have their, a story to share. Some people that are watching this right now already have more talent in teaching and definitely have more talent in calisthenics than I do. And they can share that with the world or not even calisthenics. Maybe they want to brew their own beer. So I want to help them. I want to give them the tools. Um, and I seem to have at least a little bit of a talent in growing a community. I want to share that with, with them so they can grow their own community. So that's one of the things, it's one of the tenets, I guess, nice. of our community is I want to help people start their own. So it's not, you no, know, like, I guess you could say a cult is about a single ideology, but some of these ideo some of these communities that will grow won't have anything to do with me. Some of them will not know me at all. So it's not all folks I'm here. Like we're a tree and there's different branches, different branches yeah. that grow. And I'm happy about that. I don't nice. want world domination. Like my goal isn't for everyone in the world to know me, but if I can help someone help other people, then that's tremendous for me. That's huge. And I really just want to touch on something you mentioned, Hampton. I think this is going to be really helpful for the people that are listening. You mentioned that you aren't the best at calisthenics. You put that out there. We we're discussing that yeah. topic a bit before, just off air. Um, mm -hmm. but you're not the not the strongest, not the this, this, and that. I yeah. I, I, I feel very, very similar to you, especially because um, with social media and online business now, it's hyper competitive. There's going to be someone that's better looking than you, stronger than you, smarter than you. I, I feel the exact mm -hmm. same, but yeah. I, I think what we'd both recommend to the people that are listening is you don't have to be perfect to start, right? Right. Definitely not. Yeah. Well, you don't even have to be the best. It's just, you have to have uh, a direction and, and sharing a message that's authentic. Right. Well, that's one of the things that stop a lot of people who honestly have something that could help the world a lot. Like just like, I was not the first, I was not the first person to teach push-ups. Like that you can do push-ups, my friend. That video that spread on Reddit in different places for a while and people wrote news articles about it. I, I okay, I, I love you guys, but I didn't come up with wall push-ups. I didn't come up with knee push-ups. It's been around for literally probably millennia. You know, yeah, cavemen yeah, were probably yeah, doing yeah. this. So, but I had this new spin on it. I was like, hey, and by the way, I made that video in 30 minutes. So um I, I don't not trying to talk about me, but I'm thinking. What can you, the person listening to this, share in 30 minutes 
that you don't think is special, because I never thought it was special. You don't think it's special, but could suddenly transform the lives of other people. Because I would contend that a lot of people do have something to share. I agree with that, but I'm going to play devil's advocate from the person that is hesitant. And they're going to say, but well, there's already so many topics on push-ups and how to learn this, this, and that X, Y, and Z exercise. But I agree with what you said. I feel that everyone has a unique spin and perspective in which that they can deliver that content because we're going to be discussing the universal principles of exercise, but your presentation style, how you deliver it visually and with audio, with the music, how you edit the video, there's Mm -hmm. so much scope for doing that, that I don't think people should hesitate to do things that have quote unquote already been done because I agree. There's nothing really new under the sun it's just how we present it in a in a good package right right well and you know yourself fitness is pretty simple you know if you wanted to explain it you could probably explain it in a couple of sentences so yes to your point there's already other content about push-ups there's already other content about something that these people want to share but you never know we think we know what people want but we don't really know until it's out there uh, one of the benefits of TikTok, just to get really like rather, rather specific, is that they have kind of a jackpot algorithm sometimes, in my opinion, to where they sometimes pick a new user, like, oh, I want this video, and they promote it to their entire community. That's one of the draws of it. It's like almost anyone could be famous, that, that kind of thing. And <clears throat> you never know what's going to resonate with people until you hear it. But that's why I ask all the time, what can I do for you? Because we think we know, we don't always know. One of the things that I got when one of my first videos went viral, it was about a video about diamond pushups and like how you can tuck your thumbs if you want. And people liked that, not necessarily for the tip, but because they're like, this guy is so nice. And I never knew like, okay, if I explained to a friend of mine before I'm doing hybrid calisthenics, if I went like three years in the past, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do a fitness brand and I'm not going to be the most muscular or the most strong or the best looking, but people will like me because I'm friendly. That doesn't sound like a thing. No one would believe that. They'd be like, sure, sure. You, you do that. We'll be here when you're, when you're back to laugh at you and buy you a beer. Um, <laughs> so we don't but know. It's and- always it's always in hindsight, though, Hampton, because there's there's a need for that in the market because mm-hmm. you're, what you're doing resonates with people because it's it's realistic. It's approachable, essentially like the person's friend. They can, they can understand. They can right. see your results as being attainable. Right, absolutely. And to all the people who were wondering about like, well, I'm not the best, you know, and I'm not perfect. One of the people that I, um, and I consider this a huge compliment that I've been compared to is Bob Ross. He wasn't the best painter, right? I I don't think um, Bob even thought he was the best painter, but he inspired a lot of other people. He arguably inspired people who to become better painters than he was. So that's, that's what I say is to all the people who are still concerned, because this is something I hear a lot about not being qualified to teach. And you might not be, you know, you have to find the right topic. <clears throat> I will say that we tend to think of ourselves as the hero. Like we are, the, like, you know, the hero's journey where in the Frodo, yeah. Like we tend to think of ourselves as the hero, but why can't we be Yoda? Why can't we be Gandalf? Okay, see Frodo took the ring, you know, to Mordor and, you know, he saved the world, whatever. Uh, Harry Potter saved the world. Um, who was the first person I mentioned? Yeah, Luke Skywalker defeated the Empire. Okay, Yoda was more talented than he was. Gandalf was more talented than Frodo. And Dumbledore was more 
talented as a wizard than Harry Potter, but yet they didn't do it. They, they empowered someone else to do something they couldn't do. I know that's extremely nerdy, but it's the hero's journey. It's the hero's journey. We don't have to be the hero. The people who listen to us, they're the hero. That is such an interesting perspective because I think it's just marketing and society at large that we're very black and white. You're either the best or you're the worst. What you said is you're putting out the content to provide value without any... I guess, presumption that it has to be the best. And that is a great way to get around that imposter syndrome because the people that would be hesitant think, oh, I'm not the best in the industry, therefore I can't talk about this topic. Whereas that is a great way to get over that uh, self-doubt, Hampton. I really like that. Right, right. Uh, well, I can't, I, I don't, um, I saw it off um, someone on YouTube. I can't take credit for it. <laughs> but uh, That's all good. Yeah, this is why. Well, um, and that's one of the things I, I like doing is I I intake a lot of information and then we, I think we all do this. You know, we all learn fitness at some point and then we represent it in our own ways. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I just want to get to back to some specific stuff regarding social media. I'd love to keep talking sure. about Star Wars and Lord of the Rings, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> you're going to stay on topic here, bro. So right, right. <laughs> um, it's great that you had that growth with that background with hybrid calisthenics. I imagine in the early days it was very raw with like the equipment you were using was probably just you doing all the content. Is mm -hmm. there a team behind hybrid calisthenics now and what's, what's, what's it look like currently? Okay. Um, so this is, I, I'm going to make this joke post on Instagram while I still can, because I am going to expand my team, but right now the content team is just me. So the Instagram post is going to be like, this is the worst employee. This is the best employee. This is the best video editor. And it's all going to be me. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to, when I finish this recording, I'm going to go downstairs and film that before you do. All right. Okay. Okay. Do it. <laughs> oh, are you, are you a solo team? Uh, I've got one videographer, uh, oh, a nice. developer and a virtual assistant, but it's, it's just right. me doing the content like you as right. well. So I, I do have a virtual assistant um, um, who goes by plague. Um, she, she helps me a lot. Uh, well, I mean, that, that's the name. I, I was like, do you want me to refer to you as your real name? She said, no, I want to go by Plague. I said, okay. It's very um, appropriate. Yeah, that's a Plague. <laughs> She's actually a very kind person. And I have someone who's going to manage, um, and we can talk about this if you like, the fitness equipment shop of um, uh, my, my, my business. She'll do the Shopify stuff. So I have a store manager and a virtual assistant and some freelance and an artist. Some people I hire freelance, but those are two main people that I regularly work with. Um, content wise, it is just me. I will, you know, this, I recognize this, that I want a little bit more of creative control. Um, this is why I do my own edit editing because it's, I'm sure, you know, the story isn't just told during recording story is largely told during editing, right? A, a lot, like literally like a fraction of a second can change in my opinion, a little bit of the connotation when you want that little bit of a pause, it adds authenticity to it. So I like that, but I'm going to try to find some people that I can be like, hey, this is how I like things. And just like work with them for like the five, six months, however long it takes until we're like, okay, this, we're on the same wavelength now. And then we can really grow. Then we can really amplify. That is, you hit the nail on the head. That's the exact same feeling that I have, which is why I've been doing it since 2010. And I've only had a videographer on board since the start of this year, part-time. But nice, congratulations. <laughs> thanks, man. I um I formed the relationship with him since 2018. So I'd get okay. him to come out, shoot the videos, and then I'd edit all myself. 
right. but you're going down the the perfect track. It's it's going to be a learning process with the the videographer and the editor to to get it mm-hmm. to have the same vision as you, and that's going to take time. How long did it take you for you uh, to get on the same wavelength? Uh, probably a good three ish months, I'd say. Right. That yeah. Makes sense. But I mean, you know how it is. I, I imagine you've got very high standards for how you want to deliver it. So it's right. it's it's a never-ending thing. It's not like you're just going to be completely hands-off and expect them to know it oh, all. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, right. producing well, and managing. Well, no matter what, you're the captain of the ship. You know? Exactly. So if something goes yeah. wrong, it's your fault. You can't be like, oh, it's, it was my videographer's fault. It's, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Just blame him for the, for the bad content. No, that's not the case. Yeah. But, okay, so here's the idea I'm going to throw at you. This is kind of a, a curveball. But this is... This is a vision I had, uh, like literally la- earlier this month. I'm like, this would be really cool if I get this to work. So, not when we go down this path, like a lot of creators do, where we, we most of us start off by ourselves, unless we're just very wealthy, uh, <laughs> we start by ourselves, and eventually we, we take on like a media team. It would be cool because we're empowering this media team to help ourselves because we could make all the money and keep it all to ourselves, but we're also. Growing, we're growing the economy where we're giving them opportunities because that videographer, besides money, it's also, can also say, hey, um, I'm doing Daniel's videos and that's like a credit on the resume. So we're helping empower these people. So I think it'd be cool if someone like you or I build a media team over time and train them um, to be good at content creation in the way that we like and then offer that as a media service. So you were fitness FAQs, but also fitness FAQs media team that you could help other creators. That's awesome, man. And I can tell that's why you're, you have a successful business and you will continue to have a, a successful business because you have a good vision for the direction you want to take and expand your skills. I, it's always uplifting talking to like-minded people like yourself. Yeah. And that well, if, people, so. <laughs> yeah, if people pay attention to the gems that you're dropping, they'll be able to apply that in, in due time to their own stuff. Um, Hampton, I'm interested to know what is... What's your content creation process? Do you do you turn the camera on and just do whatever? Do you have a do you have a plan? What's your overall structure? Okay, so uh, for those of you who know my content, I do different kinds. I do a kind of a podcast style called Coffee with Hampton, where I talk. It's usually not about fitness directly. It's usually about like the one I edited today and will upload later today is one about dealing with loneliness. Uh, I've done one on dating. I've done one on finding inspiration, motivation, stuff like that. Stuff like that, because it's called Coffee with Hampton, the intention was to turn on the camera and talk about topics. Kind of like I'm sitting with someone at a coffee shop or a tea shop if they don't like coffee um, or water with Hampton <laughs> if you don't like caffeine at all. We're going to get so, to that topic, but someone would be yeah, pretty yeah, strange not to like that. Let's let's continue. Right, right, right. Well, um, so for those kinds of things, I am learning. It's headed towards this direction of turning on the camera. And I have a few, um, a few bullet points that I've written down. And that's what I talk about. And I just kind of riff on it, kind of like I'm talking to someone in person. Uh, with the shorts, which is primarily what I'm still known for at the moment, um, it used, I, used, because I started doing this when I was still taking care of my mom. It was 24-7. Um, and I would only have like 20 minutes because she needed 24-7 care. I, like, I would... It, like how the camera was in my early videos, she was behind me because I had to place her bed behind me so I could keep a constant eye on her while I was filming. So I only had like 20 minutes at most to do a video. So I would be like, 
I would think about what I'm doing, think about what I want to say, try to get it out in a few clips, piece it together, and then post it. Back then, it was on TikTok, Facebook. Uh, I wasn't on YouTube yet um, until later. Um, and that was my process. And that kind of stayed my process. And as I grew, I won't know for, I think, a year or so if this was a mistake, but there was a time period where I spent a lot more time on my content because I used to put out three or four videos a day, three or four videos of like two short videos. And a lot, and my most famous ones, um, most well-known ones, most viewed ones, like the push-up one, the one on testosterone, those were made in those styles. None of those videos were made as the main video of that day. They were, I did those and I did several other videos that day. Um, and there was a time when it started growing and I, I was like, well, maybe I'll take more time on this because once again, I didn't have the ability to answer questions. Back when I had five viewers, if I said something wrong or I misspoke or I like, I kind of flubbed on something <clears throat> and someone has a question, I can be like, oh, sorry, Randall. Um, this is what I meant. You know, that's it. The, the one, the, it's done. Okay. Now I don't even have full control over where everything's spread. I'm sure you've realized this sometimes. Sometimes if a video is going viral and this is people who want to help and bless them, thank you for doing this, but <clears throat> they'll download my video. They'll put it on different sites. They'll put it on meme sites. They'll put it on Reddit. So even if I click delete, it's still there. <laughs> it's still there. I'm like, oh no, I, I said something wrong. And now it's seen by millions, <clears throat> which is usually a good thing. But if it's, it's bad, you don't like one time I've said inhale is what I meant exhale. So uh, it, it does, <laughs> it does happen. Um, so I, I was a little bit more hesitant, but now I'm growing into the idea of like, have a thought, make it, have a thought, make it. Because once again, we think we know what everyone wants. We don't really, most of us don't know as well as we think we do. Some of us have better ideas than others, but we don't know until it's out there. So I'm trying to make stuff and get feedback based on that. That sounds like a very simple strategy now after testing the waters with a multitude of approaches, but so true, man. You really do not know what is going to work and when it's going to work because there's just so many variables. It's it's the topic you're doing. It's the time you post. It's right. ha has another popular content creator discussed a similar topic. What's right, the right. what's the changes to the algorithm on X platform? Or it's the big takeaway from what you do is just get out there, pick a topic, and do it. Right. Um, and most of my stuff to this day still remains unscripted. By the way, um, like even the shorter shorter ones, I usually just have an idea and I run with it. There's a couple of them, like five of them this past summer that were scripted because essentially, you know, if I turn on the camera and I'm thinking for a while and then, and then start speaking, I'm still scripting it. It's just not on paper. It's scripting in my, in my head. And I realized this and I had to kind of get over my own pride. Like, mm. uh, and so I wrote it down beforehand because my camera was overheating <laughs> in, oh. uh, in Arkansas um, because I was spending more time thinking about what I, I want to say, not even that long, like 20, 30 minutes to do a, a video. Sometimes uh, the camera would overheat. So I'm like, well, I have limited time. <laughs> I better write down exactly what I want to say and exactly the angle I want. So I went through that experience and they are a little bit more clean cut. So I will now consider that a little bit more because it's my own pride to say like, oh, it's unscripted. All of it is off the cuff. Yeah. But it's like, it's like a low key flex in a way, isn't it as well? It's like, right. Someone right. freestyling versus doing a doing an album or something. Right. But really it's about the audience, right? It's not about my own ego. It's about what can I do to help the people, the person watching this the most. And if I have to script it, which I do sometimes, other times I don't, um, then I, of course I, I should script it if it can help them. Of course. Moving on to the next challenge, what would you say is the best way to increase engagement? Because 
that is a big part of getting your content out there. How, how would you go about doing that? Is there some universal principles that apply to all of the platforms? I'd love to hear your thoughts because you do this very well. Okay, so this is an interesting topic because I just made a video about this on Hybrid Creators today and it's about the social media algorithm because people often ask, how does the algorithm work? Um, to answer your question, face value, how to increase engagement, easy way is you ask, you ask. Um, at, <clears throat> I, there are some fitness channels out there um, who have higher views and higher likes than I regularly do. Um, but because I have that literally one second of follow and like for more at the end, I get more subscribers. Okay. Wow. I mean, you could say that's good, that's good or bad, but it's because, okay. And case in point, people have complained about many different things that I've done. They're very honest. And I do appreciate the feedback. I don't think I've seen a single person complain about, I don't have to, I don't like to like to follow and like for more at the very end because it's like, it's a call to action. You know, it's like, cause I, I started doing that when I was scrolling through, I think it was a video about bees and I was like, whoa. And they were taking some bees out of a, um, a hole in the wall. And it was really cool. And I was like, this is incredible. And I didn't think to follow until the end. It was like, follow and like for more bee content. I'm like, I'll follow and like for more bee content. Cause I want to see that. <laughs> right. So <clears throat> there is that. So to increase engagement, you can ask on the other hand, if you just want a quick hack, you can encourage discussion. Uh, mm -hmm. If you want to say, what do you think of the comments? This is not as powerful to some people who've heard it for the first time as you might think, because those people who are commenting, yes, it will reach slightly more people, but it, there's a time and place for that. You don't necessarily have to do that for every, every video, every piece of content, because if you do that, people will be like, eventually it becomes worn out. It's like, well, yeah. you know, I already, I already did this so many times. I already did this so many times. But to get your stuff out there, so again, there's the face value answer to your comment, and then there's the implicit question, I think, for how does the algorithm work? And in my opinion, I might be missing one or two things, but at a fundamental level, almost any social media algorithm <clears throat> is going to do two things. It's going to identify what the user and the consumer likes to see, and it's going to recommend content based on those preferences. So if it thinks that you like karate, it's going to rec recommend karate content. But if you like sewing or knitting and you go on TikTok and all you see is people beating each other up, okay, then you're not going to be on TikTok very long. You'd be like, well, I don't want to be on this platform. I'm, I'm going to go somewhere else. So we tend to think as these platforms as our overlords, right? They have the secret formula that, we, that we're all trying to decode. We're like, what is that? What is that? I think that's, I think the algorithm is, I think it's watch time. No, it's likes. It's oh, likes. What's it going to be this month, uh, Bill, in October? What <laughs> right. is it? <laughs> I, I don't know. So, um, but what, are, but these platforms also depend on users. We think of them as our overlords, but they depend, their ability to survive hinges on their ability to recommend content that their users want. Right. I think that that makes intuitive sense to almost anyone that's listening. So they spend a lot of time uh, focusing on this. Everything else we talk about, watch time, engagement, thumbnails, you know, um, retention, these are all metrics of that. This is them mm. trying to hone their system of finding what consumers want. So what we can do, what we can do is we can find a niche and serve that niche. That's honestly the best yeah. way to increase engagement. If you want very high engagement, if you want very high engagement, then find a niche and serve that. Like if you only want to talk, interesting point, 
I've grown relatively fast and I'm blessed for that. <clears throat> if I only talked about calisthenics, I, my engagement would be much higher. If I only talked about pushups or something, the, 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 my average views, average likes, average comments would be way higher. But I don't, right? And on the other hand, my most requested um, series, you can see on my YouTube community page, was Coffee with Hampton, something that's relatively non-fitness. So it's because, you know, it makes sense because if people follow me for a video on depression and then they're seeing videos on push-ups, like, well, like it's, it's not what they wanted. But if you find a niche and serve them well, that can make very high engagement. Very right. High engagement. So that's that's almost the reach versus engagement discussion, right? So you're, because your content is a little bit more diversified in the topic, you're getting a larger reach and that larger reach has more general interests in just the qualities that make hybrid calisthenics, hybrid calisthenics. Right. Well, and part of that, you know, I can think of justifications for doing that, but part of that is just because that's how I am. You know, I'm a person who wants to do a lot of different things. I get excited about a lot of different things and I want to share them with other people. So yes, I could say, you know, when you diversify content, um, then, you know, people will find that content and people will like it and I can reach more people than if I were just fitness, I guess, I guess. But the real reason is because I want to talk about a lot of stuff. Yeah. And the second reason is because people ask me about these things and I want to talk about them more because I think it can help them. I think it can help them. So if you want high engagement, small niches, but most people follow you or know you for one piece of content. So if you want that high subscriber number, then I would argue, consider diversifying, consider diversifying. Or if you want a lot of people to know you, consider diversifying. So yeah. it's a choice. That's good advice, man. Um, still doesn't make it any easier, but no. it um, <laughs> gives them some direction. I wanted to talk now about another issue that content creators have. It's the okay. topic of quality versus quantity. So you've got ah, some yes. people that will release one YouTube video a month as a, a extreme example and put massive production value, all their eggs in one basket, so to speak, in terms of trying to do one video really well. And then you have the other end of the spectrum where people, let's use the example of Gary V, the, con mm -hmm. the, the original content king of just mass, yeah, yeah. mass, mass, mass content. Where do you lie on that spectrum and what would be your advice for most people? Right. So this will be a fun thing that I want to mention. I think it's a good way to start. Um, if you're listening to this, I know no one will see you, but raise your hand if you at least sometimes watch a YouTube video and you can tell there's stuff happening on the video, but you don't even watch it. You just like, you put it down while you go do something else or, or you have it in the background while you just, this podcast right now, you're probably not even watching my face right now. You're probably just listening to it while, while you do homework or something. So there's one thing we spend a lot of our time on video production. I don't know how much money you spent on your videographer, but you, you wanted to look pretty and these people aren't even looking at it. That's <laughs> like, like, guys, I was like, if it's just audio, I can have it done in a couple hours. But the reason it took 15 hours is because I was adding text and making it look nice. And most of you aren't even watching it. That's so true. <laughs> and then there's some piece of content where you've, you've made it really pristine and you've, you've done some elaborate discussion on the philosophy and psychology of exercise. And someone's like, you're strong, bro. Right, right. You look good, man. It's like you completely missed the mark, but that, that comes to what you were saying, how we consume. Right. So, I mean, it really depends on a person. For me, um, I was, you know, I, tried, I was trying to find a balance between um, production value and quantity because, you know, I'm sure you've heard before, quality is subjective. 
quality subjective. You know, someone, you know, if The Rock, <laughs> like if we want to me- measure quality based on how many people want to see it, how many people think it's high quality, if The Rock went on TikTok and started singing like WAP or something, you know, people would be like, oh my gosh, this is the best. Like it would be on the FYP immediately. Okay. You know, and that took 15 seconds for him. Okay. Versus us, we could spend 200 hours on a 15 second video, you know, honing all our sources and everything. And it might get like 2000 likes, which we're still blessed for. It's still some people that, that we benefited, but our, the quality of the rock singing WAP is subjectively higher for those people. They like it more. They're like, oh, this is entertaining. It's a novelty. Right. So we sometimes know this, like I mentioned at the very start, that we know some people won't appreciate it or they won't even see some of the stuff we're doing. But I think what we're doing is we're balancing artistic pride. Like we know mm. it won't necessarily get more views or likes, but we want it to be this way just because we have the heart of an artist and we want it to look nice. We want it to look cool and we want it to sound nice. We want to get it looking, looking good, looking good. Um, so the answer, the short answer is that I experiment. I experiment. There are some, there's some videos that I spend a lot of time on. Like some of my 60 second videos that people, some people have watched, some of them I've spent 30 minutes on, like I've mentioned. Others I've spent like 15 hours on. Nice. Um, right. Just because I, I had to reshoot it. I, I had to edit it. I had to be like, yeah, this is right. I had to find the right stock image. It just took a while to get all, and download transitions, experiment with them. Um, <laughs> 60 seconds of content. Um, <laughs> and I spent hours on it, hours on it. How, how do you deal with that? So you've, you've had a result. How do you determine success in your, in your process? Because as you just said, you spent so much time on a long piece of work and it didn't reach as many people. And then you mm-hmm. made something, like you said, sometimes in 15, 20 minutes, which had a massive, massive, massive reach by comparison to the time invested. How do you, Hampton, define success in your creative process? I think if it helps one person, one person, it was worth it. I think if it helps one person, it was worth it. That um, comes back to yeah. what you were saying at the start. Right. Well, I, I mean, there's different sides to that, right? Because, you know, we are doing this for a living, at least to some, some degree. So if it helps one person, that's cool. But, you know, if you really take that to an extreme and no one's watching your stuff, your views are dropping, you're not selling anything and like your ad revenue is not nearly as high, it's going to be an issue, right? Then, and then with that point, you know, you aren't able to reach as many people. You can't help as many people, right? Exactly. So like, these are all things that we have to consider. But at a base level, theoretically, if it helps one person, it was worth it. Ideally, what I, if I could, what I would do in the ideal Hampton world is if I could make a single video for everyone that wants to follow me, a personalized video for them, I would. And th- there would be millions, billions of videos, billions of videos. I'm not going to get that point. I could get that point, but that's what I want to do. And then that's the only video they need to watch. Right. It's the only video they need to watch. Um, just bugger the rest. Okay. Yes, <laughs> so yes, we, yes, uh, yes. Right, right. That's like they they watched that, they benefited. It's because it's personalized and perfect for them, and everyone else gets a different one. Some people are slightly different, some people are way different. Nice. That's I know I know that's a difficult question to answer as well, because it's often hard to know the impact that you're actually having because right. like we went to at the start of the video. A topic where you talk about pull-ups is widely universal. Whereas if you spoke about something very niche, the impact to the people that find that niche topic interesting might be the same as the pull-up one, but the pure numbers, I don't think you can get too attached to it for that specific reason. But I love what you said about 
um, just in that process, if you can help at least one person, that's a really, that's a really good way to look at it. Right. Right. Um, and this is amplified in something that a lot of people have realized even subconsciously is trending, which is short form content. Mm. Pod- it's interesting. Podcasts are also on the way up in this decade, undeniable, you know, high five podcasts. Um, but short form content on the other end of the spectrum, you know, people want short videos that are like 60 seconds, 30 seconds, 15 seconds. So when we're talking about quality versus quantity, it also depends on the distribution platform that we're talking about, right? On YouTube, you might want to spend some more time because YouTube seems to be like YouTube's YouTube shorts, you know, they're trying to replicate TikTok and that's fine. They're trying to, uh, well, there's a different vibe to it, but I think because of how YouTube already is, you're going to, the way YouTube shorts is going to be, is going to be different from TikTok. And then you can see it now, most people who are on both platforms are going to be able to see there's a different vibe to it. And YouTube seems to be geared more, um, among other things, towards educational content and quality, right? That's, that's why some people can upload once a month on YouTube and make, and make a living doing it, make a good living doing it. Whereas it's less likely you can do that on TikTok and thrive. That is great advice. Yeah. In particular, YouTube, medium to long form content, the other platforms probably more geared towards, towards the short form. Exactly. Right. Um, Next question, because you are doing so much social media stuff, online business, of course, you're going to be consuming content to get inspiration, do your research and stuff like that. How do you balance consumption with creation? (laughs) <laughs> this is a good question that I don't think I've been asked before, but it's something that I think a lot of people um, want to know in the back of their minds, because I'm sure um, a lot of content creators that might be watching this, they might think that they've fallen into this trap to where they uploaded the video. And then when you upload a video, for example, on TikTok, it takes you right to your FYP uh, to the next video. So like you uploaded, but now you're t- it's time to consume. And it's like, well, I'm doing research. I'm doing research, mom. You know, what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you're watching people dance. Okay, so there is that. There, there, there is that side. Um, there is overconsumption, but I think if you put in several hours, um, and if you're just a naturally curious person, naturally curious and busy, the the short answer for me is that it just comes naturally to me. I, I don't, I don't break it down in my mind. I, I'm naturally curious and like I want to see what other people are doing, but it's funny because people know me for, you can do this, my friend. Whereas people who know me in real life, um, I'm friendly towards them, but towards myself, my motto is the sun is setting. Let's go. Okay. So like uh, I'm scrolling through it, but part of me wants to be like, it's time to put it down. It's time to create. Yeah. It's time to create. So I would only consume for people who want advice. I give you uh, my view, but my advice to people is I would only consume as much as it inspires you to create. Um, Plus, towards like to uh to maintain at the beginning when you're exploring a platform spend i mean 10 20 hours 10, 10 20 hours not a day but 10 20 hours total um understanding it because i think people who are in it will be nodding along with me right now they'd be like there is a slightly different vibe towards what otherwise might be considered the same for example like i mentioned youtube shorts instagram reels tiktok they're all sh- short form vertical videos under 60 seconds. 
Um, by the way, Instagram, if you're listening to this, give me the 60 second reels because I'm stuck on 30. You still haven't um, got that yet. That's I still haven't got that yet. I don't know why. My meme page, right? I only post memes from my like screenshots from my Discord. Okay. <laughs> uh, has 60 second reels, but not hybrid calisthenics. I well, just want to help bring you views. Hampton, if it makes you feel better, don't feel too bad about it because being based in Australia, I only got YouTube shorts like, dude, literally two months ago. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, so I saw like people like yourself and other fitness creators, just, just smashing it, reaching that mobile audience on the short format. And I sent a, a message to the YouTube support team and they mm-hmm. just, uh, just blank, just like, no, nah, you're in Australia. Just wait. <laughs> we can touch. Okay, uh, I was going to say we can touch upon that later, but I'm going to give you something that might be surprising to you right now. When they talk about releasing YouTube shorts to Australia, releasing YouTube shorts, mm-hmm to the United States or wherever. Um, that's about the uh, the creation on mobile. Like when it says shorts beta. Shorts has been around since before. This is a, I, I wish I, I met you back in December because I told all my friends about this. I started posting shorts and getting lots of views from shorts before it was released in the US. Oh man, yeah, that's wow. Right. <clears throat> if you look at my earliest shorts, they, they, they called us, they gave us this little, um, little email and we went into this workshop and they said shorts is actually out now shorts is actually out now and all you have to do is upload a short form vertical video under 60 seconds and it will get put in the short circulation anywhere it's available one of the reasons why in our community you can go anybody listening who doesn't believe me can go to our discord now and be like how many indians are here (laughs) because there's a lot of indians yeah yeah Uh, because right because it was released because tiktok was banned in india so they released shorts there first and at the beginning, because a lot of people didn't realize it, there was only a couple hundred people in this workshop, you know, different time slots, but there's only a couple hundred people. By the way, I don't know if it was secret. I don't know if I leaked it. I, I, I don't, it didn't seem secret. They didn't tell me it was secret, um, but they released it early. So now that we know, I share stuff like that with my friends. So in the future, you will have the inside connection on that. This I, just goes <laughs> to show as part of, it's just general advice, but it's like who you surround yourself with, your connections right. is very important because- <laughs> you're going to read something that I haven't and vice versa. And collectively you share that knowledge and right. it's all good. Something that I'm learning now is that because I started recognizing there's some things that were essential to my growth as a social yeah. media personality um, that I almost did off the cuff. It's not something I yeah. do regularly. Yeah. Right? An email I read an Instagram. Okay. So I've gotten some good opportunities from Instagram messages. And I know they're more in there, but they're buried under a mountain of DMs. I will answer them eventually, but I, I don't know how I'm going to get to that. You know, like someone who otherwise would have gone to my wedding, he's stuck in like in the message request area. I'm so sorry. I love you. Yeah, uh, there's yeah, a version yeah. of Hampton that loves you, but I, I haven't seen your message yet. So that thing, that message I read, it wasn't like plastered everywhere. Back then I wasn't big on YouTube. They gave me an email, a single yeah. email. And then I happened to see it. I was like, oh, I'll join that. I didn't have to. I, I mean, I could have just been like, oh, I'm too busy for that. I could have been working that day. Now, with the rise of your channel, you have such a big following. So you'd have your your core audience. But then I imagine that you have people that just see some of your content and don't follow you and don't subscribe. And I imagine you get a, a host of different responses. So the big part of what you do is, is you want to help people. But of course, human nature, people are going to respond to things differently. In, in all respects. So we've got positive, we've got negative, and we've also got criticism. 
I want to go through each of those because I feel that anyone that is creating a online business is going to be getting feedback across the spectrum. So of course, starting with how do you deal with positive feedback? Because going from someone, like you said, that was introverted, likes to keep to themselves, probably has a close circle of friends Mm. to having a massive audience that is saying, Hampton, hybrid calisthenics, you're the best. I love you. This, this and that. You're awesome. You're you're such a good looking dude. All all types of comments, (laughs) who knows? Right, Um, right. How how do you deal with such positivity? Well, um, first of all, I don't know if I would necessarily consider myself introverted. I was kind of a private person in terms of social media. uh, But I think that's part of because I was a late adopter back then. um, And you know, there are times when I want to be my probably ambivert. I don't necessarily like uh, categorizing it, but sure. sometimes I like being introverted. Sometimes I'm being extroverted. Um, but how do I do it with positive feedback? I honestly, I love everyone who says this, but I take it with a grain of salt. I take it with a grain of salt, you know, because I don't, you know, when someone says, Hampton, you are a, a great looking person. I appreciate that, but I know someone else thinks I'm ugly. Next time, sometimes you, you can you can find something where the comments are right next to each other. Hampton, you are objectively good looking. It's like, who is this ugly person and why is he on my page? <laughs> so <laughs> right next to each other, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. So I, I don't, you know, when I take when I hear positive feedback, I'm like, thank you so much. I, I'm really glad the content can help you at all. And when they credit me, you know, I keep in mind, you know, we don't want to let our ego. Um, take over the part of us that can help other people. When people say, Hampton, you help me get more um, self-esteem in myself. You help me do push-ups. Ah, I didn't do push-ups for you. You did. Yes. You did the work, my friend. Yes. So you get the credit. Okay. And then I say, thank you so much for watching my content at all. What else can I make to help you? What can I do to serve you? I'm a servant. I'm a servant. Like I, I, I don't, I haven't needed a business card. You know, this is just because how different it is in the modern day. I'm the online. same as you, man. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I'm going to, I'm going to get a business card and I'm going to get two because there's something I'm going to hang out differently at, you know, like um, trade shows if I ever go to those, but I'm going to get one where I actually give like business connections and other Hampton Lou, it's not going to say CEO. It's going to say servant because that's what I am. I'm a servant. Wow. That's very similar to the student teacher ethos where, <laughs> Probably right. the, the best in the world at anything adopt that student mindset, that white belt mindset, aka right. the serving people. That's 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 great. That real altruistic way of looking at things, right? Just doing just doing good because it feels good and it helps people. Well, I, I, it's, it's what I like doing. Yeah, it's, man. What, it's what I like doing. That, that's where I'm comfortable. Is when um, people say, "Hey, Ham- Hampton, can you help me with this?" Uh, I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." I'm a lot more comfortable um, giving than taking. Than giving than asking. No, I know it's every everyone, just about everyone in the world needs some help sometimes. Yeah, right. Le- lean on me and and all of that. Um, but I'm just more comfortable giving. I'm, I'm more comfortable saying, "Hey, what can I do for you?" And for people who are listening to this, who think they're being taken advantage of, like, "Well, I want to do that," but people keep taking advantage of me, or that's a horrible way you're gonna get people hurt. I said, "Servant, not slave." Okay, I, I, I'm not. Yeah. Right, like servants work for you voluntarily. <laughs> so, nice. I can tell you you've thought about this in the past right. as well. Right, it's a big it's, it's a big part of what I do. Right, big part of what I do. But in terms of that positivity, before we move on to the other other sides mm-hmm. of feedback, with getting so much feedback that's that's good and affirming to what you do, 
how do you avoid the temptation for complacency? Because everyone's liking what you're doing. It'd be easy to rest on your laurels. How do you keep pushing forward when things are going well? You're getting good feedback. Your business is growing. So the simple answer to that is just, I'm a naturally hungry person. I'm a naturally hungry person. And I am a self-critic. Not in a way, I mean, some psychologists might disagree, but not in a way that I think is self-detrimental. If any of you ever meet my wife and you ask her like what I'm like when I'm trending and what like when everything's doing well, revenue is going up, views are going up, engagement is going up. And what I'm like when things are in the valley, when things are doing poorly, I'm probably um, a little bit more disgruntled when everything's up. Like the, the first time that we, that we, I hit a million people, I'm like, yeah, I hit a million people. Okay. And, and, okay. And, and then she's like, what's wrong? I, I'm just like, well, it's going to be hard to match this next month. Okay. And the, <laughs> when I hit an all-time revenue high, um, I was like, yeah, I mean, we made several thousand dollars off that video. Okay. And, and then, you know, look, I, I'm blessed. You know, I, I get that. I keep saying that, but because I want to emphasize that I don't want to seem entitled. It's like Hampton, you know, you're so lucky. I know I'm lucky, but you know, aside from that, the part of me that wants to grow, you know, I'm like, how can I match this next month? Mm-hmm. And I know that I can't. I know like everything goes up and down. You know, I wish it was a straight line. Very but interesting. Everything, everything I think, goes up I and think down. You, I think you get that feeling because you know the reality of what it takes to, to get to that point. And right. there's things in your control which are exhausting to manage and do to a high extent. But then there's so mm-hmm. much out of your control. That's That's so interesting you say that. And I think just universally, it's a human trait. We shift the goalpost. At the start, right. when you first made uh, your hybrid calisthenics content, you were right. stoked when you had one view, a hundred views, a thousand views. When now, I got if you 10 got- views on YouTube, I, I called my, my girlfriend at the time. I was like, I got 10 views. I'm sure when your first uh, <laughs> Google AdSense check came, you're like, whoa, someone, I got paid for like talking about what I want to talk about. Yeah, I, I was surprised at that. In, I mean, a lot of people are, you know, as, as popular as YouTube is becoming, uh, we still haven't realized that it's not really broken into the mainstream yet. Not in the sense that um, you can say, oh, I mean, like if someone's, no one really thinks Robert Downey Jr. got, got paid minimum wage for the Avengers or whatever. But there are people I'm sure you can attest to, some people who think I'm a millionaire because I have a million followers. And some people who are like, you, can get, you get paid for doing that? So Hampton, what do you do for a living? And, and, and so some people think I'm broke, you know, and I love them, but I, they're like, Hampton, here, take this $5 and, and buy some food. Uh, Cause I don't want you to starve. I'm like, no, no. It's, it's people okay. like, where, where are your products and services Hampton? It's like, mate, it's right. all right. I got this figured out. Don't worry about me. Right. Right. <laughs> Still figuring it out. But uh, thankfully I'm blessed enough to be fed at the moment. That's good. Yeah. It's always a good baseline to be at. <laughs> um, just on the last two points, Hampton was, um, Criticism and negativity. So we'll start mm-hmm. with um, if you read something where um, maybe you've uploaded and you come back to it later with with fresh eyes, and someone criticizes maybe your delivery or the information, are you the type of person to take that on, adapt, and improve, or are you going to? How do you handle criticism? I, I don't snap back at people. Like the thing that everyone wants, that people like to see, where it's like, "Oh, you're savage." Why is being savage a good thing? 
like actual genuine question. Someone tell me in the comments, why is being savage inherently a good thing? Because people you know, want drama, Hampton Steen right. said. <laughs> well, well, like this is how I handle it. Um, it depends on the negative comment, okay? If it's an, an actual, if it's feedback, if it's criticism, I guess we can get, get into that. I respond differently. Mm. Um, but I assume by negative, you mean like, LOL, you're ugly, right? I'd put, yeah, negative and toxic is one category and criticism is like justified. So both okay. of those. So uh, I'm sure you've also heard, so other people have heard that people who are negative are usually not having a great time themselves. 100%. Okay. okay. And if not everyone has to, but if you are in the emotional state to be able to show them love instead of continuing the cycle of hate, because, you know, like, for example, abusers were often victims of abuse themselves. You know, I know abuse is a lot more serious than leaving a toxic comment on YouTube, but it's similar. You know, it's in the same vein. Um, we don't want to perpetuate that. You know, just because they, they try to ruin our day doesn't mean we have to ruin their day and then go on to ruin other people's days. I'm usually in a good enough state. I have sometimes I'm not in as great a mood if I'm stressed or something. You know, it's, it happens. But usually I'm in a good enough mood where if I see a negative comment, like Hampton, you're ugly. I'm like, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> or like one of the things that people said is Hampton, I don't like your voice. I'm like, you know what? I don't really like my voice either. So we agree on that. Why aren't we friends? How do you how do you think I feel? I have to edit this for like six, eight hours a day. Right. Right. Exactly. It's like you don't that's I'm so happy you said that because that's another thing I said is you can turn my you can turn me off. I have to hear myself all the time. <laughs> so have some feel sorry for me, have some compassion for me. Exactly. So that's usually how I respond. Like if, if, it's, if I can tell someone's actually genuinely trying to help or they have a valid complaint, um, I usually listen to that and I consider it. And if it's wrong, I have taken videos down where I'm like, you're right. I could explain this better. So there is, there is that. Um, and I usually leave it up. I, I don't, unless I'm deleting the video, I don't delete the comment. In fact, you can go in the hybrid calisthenics subreddit right now. And there's a video called don't listen to Hampton's advice on neck training. It will mess you up. Um, and you can see my response to it. You know, the, the guy, you know, he talks about the danger of neck bridges and stuff. And I'm like, you know what? That's a fair point. Um, this is why I covered it. It's because I, that's why I learned in wrestling, you know, and, you know, he mentioned some things. I'm like, well, I was a little bit unclear. I didn't mean for you to do it this way. It's not supposed to put pressure directly on you. You know, we talked a little bit about that and he gave me a response and I left it up you know, because people should be able to hear when I'm wrong. Again, this is not a cult. If this were a cult, it's like anything against the Messiah Hampton must be abolished. Okay, no, this is we're trying to help people. It's it, we we have a common goal, not a common person of interest. But the hard thing um, there, Hampton, is you, you've been making content for so many years. There's new ideas mm -hmm. that come out, new research, right. but then there's so much complexity. Like you're not the same person. Your, right. your thoughts and opinions will change. I, I guarantee so there'll be some contradiction. You know, if someone put a magnifying glass up to anyone's life, that contradict right. themselves. You know what I mean? There already is. There already is. You know, like, do you delete your old old videos for that? Just like turning it on you. Do you ever delete old videos because you think you can do a new one better? I have kept the content up, but I would just make a similar topic again. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking because I, I want to leave it up so people can see my my evolution, so to speak. Um, but. And, and, you know, and it's, if it's something that's blatantly wrong, like if I said something, which I don't think there really there is, uh, I might consider taking it down. But for example, if you look at um, my video on like high cal fat loss or whatever, permanently shed fat, which is, these are all words that I wouldn't use when I'm talking about that now. And yeah. I'm talking about like 
hmm, you know, it's like from experience, it seems like when we do calisthenics, you know, we, we, our body puts ourselves in a state where we want to lose weight because it makes the movement easier. There might be something to that, but it's just, it's so vague. That's not something I would say nowadays, you know, and again, back then I had 20 minutes to do it. Yeah. Uh, like for that one it was long. I had 45 minutes to do it. So, um, now I have longer, I have more time to think on it. I would do it differently. Uh, but I do leave my content up. And if someone has criticisms for that, I'm like, you know what? You might be right. You might be right because I, I'm learning myself. I'm learning Dude, myself. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I like the fact that you keep it up there as well because a, a good uh, lesson that you can learn from myself as well is I made something on a front lever maybe three or four years ago. And I was talking yeah, about yeah. the benefits of the ice cream maker and that I thought it was a good move for the front lever or something. But then mm-hmm. over time, my thoughts have changed and I made a similar video on the front lever. And I said, guys, in the past, I made a video on this exercise. I, I was mistaken. I don't believe it's as good a use of your time and effort. This is better. Mm-hmm. So okay. it sounds like you're, you're humble enough and you know, self-aware enough to, to be able to say something like that. But fitness is full of so much ego where people just want to be right all the time. They wouldn't say something like that but the audience loves that, that honesty, you know? Right. Well, I think you're, you're going to see, people are going to see, I think with people like you and me, and I mean this, and I don't want to sound egotistical because I, I really hope this happens. I hope they see that people like you and I are kind, or we try to do our best to be humble. You know, we're working on ourselves, but be kind of humble and we still win. You know, we still get ahead because there's this idea that a lot of people, I think a lot of people want to be kind, but they, they don't, they end up not being kind because they've been told you can't win that way. So yeah, you can be nice, but you're going to be a loser for the rest of your life. Okay. Or you can't give stuff away for free because you're going to be a loser. But I want there to be an example. Like if you thrive and you're like, everyone's like, Daniel is a nice guy and yet he's a millionaire and yet he's popular. You know, I think that that's, that's, that might do more than us, like several of our videos just from that example. So I hope that happens. You know, it's not egotistical because I don't know if it'll happen, but I hope Mm. Um, people can be people who are kind and nice can be an example and humble can be an example of someone who might it's win. it's just really difficult to get that mix because we've been taught that the people that get to the top are controversial one-sided this is the way it has to be i i'm the best this this and that but yeah uh, there's definitely room for for this style of teaching and i hope people see that that can be an avenue to quote unquote success right Right, right. And just uh, bring up some quick examples because I want people to hear it. That's not me because I don't want to just talk about myself. Um, the fastest growing YouTube, the fastest growing fitness account on social media right now, or the highest engagement might be the bodybuilder Noel Dazel, right? Um, you know him? He goes by no. Danny Noel. No, I okay. haven't heard. I'll okay. check it out. I'll, 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 link, I'll link him, but he's getting like incredible views. And he, Someone mentioned once, I saw it in the comment section, they were like, well, the stuff he says is obvious. This is the, the, the comment. The stuff he says is obvious. Um, all, like People are only listening because he's buff. And one of, like, one of the highest, um, highest liked responses to that was, we're not listening because he's buff. We're listening because he's friendly and relatable. So he's a friendly guy that people enjoy who happens to be extremely buff. I'm not going to lie. The guy's man's got muscles. <laughs> man's got muscles. Um, but... <clears throat> It's, it, you, can, you can see that this is what people want. The market doesn't lie in terms of our views and engagement. The market doesn't lie. No. So people like this. So Hampton, you've grown hybrid calisthenics predominantly off organic reach. Right. So what that is, yes. 
for the people that are listening is you post it to the platform and without putting any money behind it, it just goes out to people that are interested in said topics. How do you feel about a business doing organic versus paid advertising? Do you think there's a room for both? And what is your current strategy? 100%. 100%. That you should, your organic game, if you're going to be a business, your organic game um, should at least be competent. If, if, if you want to be able to compete with the heavy hitters, in my opinion, like you got to have some organic game proof. Look at all the major heavy hitters, <laughs> Nike, you know, that they don't have to pay for every, everything they do. Um, on the other hand, they, they pay for some of the things they do despite already having a reach of millions. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. For me, my, <clears throat> all my real growth has been on organic reach. In the beginning, I thought I had to pay for Facebook followers. And I don't mean fake ones. I mean like pay $10, like literally $10 to spread a post and be like, Hey, follow me. You know, and I would get some followers on that. And I'm like, okay, this is how you grow. You know, I thought, I thought everyone who grew had to pay that amount of money. So this just goes to show like how we think the information for growing on social media is available, but we don't really, because this is only a few years ago when I thought this. Um, on the other hand, what I want to say and my vision for a cool business and something that I'm going to grow. And I don't mind sharing this people. I'm very transparent about my business practices is wouldn't it be cool? Cause I've mentioned that the hybrid calisthenics knowledge, I wanted to try to keep free. I don't know if there's ever going to be a point where I have to sell it. Um, but I'm going to try to keep it free. So the, the course, the main course, and I'll work with a dietitian or something to release a diet or anything else I can give to people. I want to give for free and distribute for free. How do I make money? Wouldn't it be cool if I built a business separately? That's, that's related to hybrid calisthenics, but not the same. For example, fitness products. My entire sell for, for you, for people is, hey, I know other people sell gym rings and pull-up bars, but I do too. And it'd be cool if you could consider buying it from me. That's it. A lot of these are commodities and we can talk about this later, um, but a lot of them are commodities, whether these brands like to admit it or not. Um, it's just a brand that's on them, on them that's different. So I that's my entire sell is like, wouldn't it be cool if I can just make content that helps people at scale and then doing something almost entirely differently for a living. And through that, I would do paid advertising. I'd do paid advertising. For example, I do my hybrid calisthenics stuff. I run ads for gym rings. I don't definitely don't claim to have all the answers. I know I talk a lot, but I definitely don't <laughs> have all the answers. <laughs> so um, yeah, yeah. people will see me evolve. They, like you might see a podcast a year from now where I'm like, yeah, that was really stupid. Um, turns out I needed to sell info products. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. see. We'll see. But I think it would be cool if I could have my information because that would give me so much freedom. Well, you've got then such I, a like, good platform to be able to, to do what you want with it. That's the, that's the beauty true, of it. True, true. And I, I do consider myself very blessed. And anyone who's listening to this, who knows me or don't, thank you for listening. And thank you for making this stuff possible. I, I really do. I love my community. I love you all. Thank you so much for this. I will, I will just, uh, <laughs> likewise, man, I'll just say the same thing to the FAQ's uh, audience as well, because yeah, we're, we're essentially servants to our audience, as Hampton mm -hmm. said. I really like that, by the way. And yeah, we're appreciative and all we can do is just keep providing the best possible content and value to you guys. And, and we definitely will. Um, what, what I like, and I want to, it comes on to my next point I want to touch on is, of course, we love doing what we do, but we want to have shelter. We need to eat. And we also mm -hmm. need to have enough money for obviously coffee. So it's the right, most right, important yeah, exactly. thing. 
Right. So how do you how do you differentiate between selling, making a living, and selling out? Because the criticism for a lot of content creators is they get a following, like you've got multiple million people following you. Mm-hmm. They start doing brand deals, endorsements, and then your audience would suddenly feel quite alienated that they're being sold to constantly. How do you deal with that? Okay, well, interesting point. Anytime you start to sell something, even if you don't, it's possible someone's going to call you a sellout. It's possible someone's going to call you a sellout, okay? Um, I think the differentiating factor is very simple. It's whether or not you actually believe in it, whether or not it's something that can actually serve your audience. You know, that's the difference between selling and selling out, okay? Um, look, when I started selling pull-up bars, people were like, oh, you're selling out. I'm like, how? Okay, that's <laughs> like, you know, other people sell this. I'm just offering it too. You don't, uh, I tell them, you don't have to buy it. Okay. And something that I think helped convince my audience, if anyone can help, you don't have to do this, is I think, what can I genuinely do to help them? It's not about what I can do to make money for myself. And one of the things I do is I tell people how to make it for themselves. And people are like, your gym rings are too expensive. I'm like, good news for you. I have a video on how to make them yourself for, for free. <laughs> yeah, Please yeah, go yeah. do that. Please, no, really, please. I like, I, cause I, I only want to sell to you if you can afford it. I don't want to sell you a gym ring when you really need to take that $50 and buy food. <laughs> I don't, it's, 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 thank you so much for considering that, but I'd rather you eat than buy a gym ring. It'd be funny. So, the person would respond like that to you and that expects some type of argumentative <laughs> response. And you're just like, nah, that's cool, bro. Um, I can help you out for free. Here you go. They must feel like, <laughs> well, this, I've never been responded to like this on the internet before. <laughs> Because I genuinely want to help them. So yeah. that's the, that's my simple answer. We can elaborate, but it's whether or not you sell something you actually believe in. Of it's course. It's fine to sell something. It's fine to and, sell something. And my advice for everyone else in online business is, honestly, don't stress too much about that. It's not like someone goes to their doctor and they charge them for the service and they tell the doctor they're a sellout because they're only helping to earn a living. How is it any right. different from a digital platform to in person? So... Don't worry too much about that. How important is hashtags, tags, titles, and the SEO side of things? This is going to be an interesting thing. It's going to throw a lot of people a curveball. It's going to be decreasingly less important as the algorithm gets more advanced. Why? All of those things you mentioned. Because remember what I said at the very beginning. This is great. This ties in. Um, sorry about that. Um, the algorithm is not for us, really. You know, there might be some aspects that are for us. The algorithm is largely for the consumer and the viewer. Okay. And these, it's, I think these platforms recognize that some people are very good at content and serving their audience, but they suck at hashtags and they suck at making titles and they suck at making thumbnails. Um, why do you think, why do you think YouTube spent all this time transcribing their videos and recommending stuff? You can type in hybrid calisthenics. And some videos will pop up that don't say hybrid calisthenics anywhere. Like not even for me, but um, they're, they're not in a title. They're not in the hashtag, not anywhere. I, I mentioned it in the video. Or even if I don't, th- they somehow know that it's related. So it's decreasingly less important because what uh, matters is good content. Yes. So what you're saying is that the different platforms are smarter <clears throat> than us. They know what people want to see and they'll deliver that. So the major takeaway that I'm getting from you is this is just another detail that us content creators would get bogged down in the minutia where it's like, just make the content, put it out. 
Right. Now, it's, now, on the flip side, it still is important. If we haven't gotten to that point, and I don't think the importance of like titles and thumbnails, it, well, it's, it's going to decrease. It's never going to be zero. It's never going to be mm. zero. You should know like how to title your videos. Of course. Um, and But when you think of it that way, if you think of it as making good content instead of making good thumbnails and making good titles, the algorithm, everything, every update will support you rather than go against you. Uh, for people who are listening to this, including you, you might know this back in 2010 when you started, um, a lot of stuff was more keyword based. You mm. want to have the keywords, like look at like old videos and, and like the description of those YouTube videos. It'll be like, here's my video on me playing Zelda. Ignore the rest. And the rest is just like, like, my, like, like all random things that they keyword yeah. stuffed it with. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. it's like a thesis on it. Yeah. <laughs> right. And it moved away from that because they realized this is a hack. This is not what people actually want to see. Just because yeah. you're getting views doesn't mean people actually want to see your video. That said, right now, it's content, it's platform dependent. Hmm. On YouTube, Google, they're, they're advanced enough that um, they actually openly say when you upload a video that tags can help if you have um, a word that's hard to spell, like calisthenics, um, but otherwise play a minimal role in people finding your video. It, it says that. Anytime you go on YouTube and you upload, you got tags, it'll say that. That makes sense, man, because you look at just how the platforms have changed in the past few years. YouTube homepage isn't even on subscriptions anymore. It's on mm-hmm. recommendations. Right, um, right. You start scrolling on, say, TikTok. It's just the infinite scroll loop. It's It knows what you want. So I think this is the platform's understanding that they have the data so they know the truth of what we want more than, mm-hmm. I guess, what we think we want, if that makes sense to people, right? Right, right. So it's a mixture of what you like and what everyone seems to like. Yes. You know, like you, yeah, yes. So you, you see those, like every platform is a mixture of this. You know, sometimes you see fitness stuff and sometimes you see someone dancing because, you know, like 10 million people like this guy dancing. You're like, oh, I see why. Nice. I see why. So nice. there's that. <laughs> and the last thing on social media I wanted to ask you was thoughts on clickbait and thumbnails because- What's great about what you've done with hybrid calisthenics is you're not doing any of those strategies and you're getting, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? You're, you're getting such a reach beyond people that are trying to really game the system. Why is that? Well, again, I don't want to bore people, but it's really about just what can, what can you do to help someone? Because if it's really about maximizing the user experience, which for example, a company like Amazon, a huge company has stated Everything they're going to do, I don't, I'm paraphrasing, everything they're do- doing is to maximize the user experience. Not necessarily for shops, you know, we're, shops are also users, but it's for the buyer. Mm. So I think social media platforms are going to be similar. So I've experimented, you know, people are like, watch this video to find out the one hack you should be doing every morning. I decided, why don't I just put the hack that I'm doing every morning in the title? And I was like, I wonder if people will click it. And they do. <laughs> they do. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, like I don't want to give away theory and people are like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm trying to give actual examples that you can look at. One of the things I experimented with, which might be, like if you want to see it, you'll understand why I might think that it might be a one-off, but I do a a series called Unsponsored Reviews uh, because I decided since I'm not taking sponsorships anyway, I might as well do actual honest reviews of products. I did one on the base bar, which is a decent product. And, And in the thumbnail, I say 20 second intro, summary at the beginning and it's 20 seconds where I give 
it's a 20 minute video, but I just summarize it in the first 20 seconds. I'm like, well, people watch this and it's my most watched unsponsored review. So I, I, I don't like, you could say this reverse psychology, but that wasn't my intent. My intent was, my gosh, I've kind of rambled for 20 minutes about this pull-up bar that most people won't care. I'm just going to summarize at the beginning. And then, then if you want to watch it, then you can watch the rest <laughs> if you want, if yeah. you want. So I think that's why. Another part that's more pragmatic um, and perhaps something that a more cynical person will point out, and they will have a point, is that I thrive on shorts content. Shorts content, you're not necessarily clicking my stuff. You're, it's popping up as you scroll up. So that doesn't apply as much. You know, I, right. I could just type like, like ASDFG, you know, like I could just like on my keyboard um, and it would still pop up because other people liked it. Other yep. people like it. Yeah. Um, and just to bring that up, just to like circle up the point that we mentioned earlier, that hashtags are um, platform dependent because on Instagram, they they seem to matter more. I maximize every every post that is fitness related. I add 30 hashtags, which is the max. I max yeah. it out, even even on reels. Um, I put dot, 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 you know, there's different things you can do. Um, but on something like TikTok, it's actually interesting. If you add the wrong hashtags, you will get very few views. So um, interesting. So would you rather have less hashtags that are more specific to the content than filling out the 30? Not on Instagram. It looks like on Instagram, it looks like more is better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it might, this might change in the future. I don't know, but uh, right now it seems like more is better because I've experimented with posting a video, not on purpose. I just, I forgot the hashtags. Um, I posted a video without hashtags and I posted a video with all the hashtags and it just seems to objectively give you more views, more likes, more engagement. On TikTok, it seems to be like very user experience based. So I have 1.2 million followers on there. Um, one video might get 300,000 views, 500,000 views. The next one might get like 12K. Right. Um, so, so there's that. So, so it's based on what the user's like. But also if I put something like hashtag pushups, sometimes it, it just doesn't circulate because the, then I then. I, from what I understand what's going on, it's like, it's like, it's showing the video to people who have liked hashtag pushups before as compared to people who follow me and people who follow me are much more likely to interact with my content than if they uh, only yeah. look for push-up stuff or, or maybe because tick, there's some fitness content on, on TikTok, but fitness accounts who make fitness content on TikTok, but it's really more entertainment based. I would say the entertainment seems to dominate there. Um, my, so there might not be as many people who want to see that. There might be, there might be more people who want to watch me for me than people who exclusively want to watch pushups. So. Yes, yes, yes. So, now we have such a good conversation so far about all the social media and business stuff. I mm-hmm. want to just end with some general questions. I'll probably have sure. you on another time for calisthenics because we could Absolutely. talk for multiple hours. So oh, wow. yeah. we might want to just condense this to different sections for, for people okay. that are listening. I know you're an avid coffee drinker, Hampton, and mm-hmm. as am I. What's in your cup? Air. Before <laughs> this, water. Because I had my coffee today. I Two things. I recently moved. So my usual AeroPress coffee, not sponsored by AeroPress, but they're a great cup of coffee. Yeah. Um, I don't have it here. I have it at home. Um, oh, so there's man. That, that sucks. Uh, but also, um, I've, I've decided like I like coffee, but is it really helping podcasts? 
because sometimes I would my throat would get a little dry. Yeah. It's, sometimes it's a little acidic, and then I have more phlegm. Um, so I'm thinking I drink water. Okay, fair. I'm just water. Plus, it's <laughs> it's probably what seven thirty ish, eight o'clock now for you. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So it you is. don't be too late. But when you are consuming, what's your preferred type of coffee to drink? Black. <laughs> guess guess what mine is black as well. Long black, black. No cream yeah. or sugar. Yeah. No, straight I like man. It. I like it. I like it. it. It's underrated. For those yes. of you who are listening to this, you're like, that's crazy. You get used to that so fast. Oh, for you sure. You get used to that because you're used to the sugar and stuff. But when you drink it, try it for a month, and then you have a latte from Starbucks or something. And it's like, well, this is, or you have like um, caramel macchiato. You're like, this yeah, is so yeah. sweet. You're so I'm, sweet. I'm fortunate, Hampton, because my introduction to coffee was by my brother. And he's like, mm-hmm. oh, uh, Daniel, try this when I was like um, 14, 15 or something. And mm-hmm. just gave it to me straight, straight black from the start. And I've never, <laughs> not, never known any different, man. There's no coffee. You uh, like no it? Cre- you yeah. like it the first time? Oh, you like yeah, it? Man. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Me too. Me yeah, too. yeah. Because, yeah, especially um, in, in Melbourne, there's a massive, massive coffee culture. We, we love it here. So if you okay. ever come to Oz, man, you'd, you'd absolutely really be enjoying it. I will keep that in mind. <laughs> I might make a trip just for the coffee. <laughs> oh, dude, it'll be worth it. Just film like one 20-minute video and then just, just head back. <laughs> I'll do that. I'll do that. <laughs> Sweet, man. Um, just a few general questions to, to close this off, just to get your, sure. your thoughts on just a few things. Hampton, what's a belief that you hold strongly, which is unpopular? Um, real quick question. Do you want me to lightning round this or do you want me to give in-depth questions, in-depth answers? Let's lightning round it. A belief that I hold strongly. You can push yourself and love yourself at the same time. Interesting. Why is that unpopular? Because there's kind of the idea, like how many people pride themselves on shaming themselves into progress? Ugh, I'm such a loser. Ugh, I'm not making enough money. Ugh, I'm disgusting because I'm so fat. Okay, my contention is that you don't need that. And it, it, letting the shame and the fear motivate you is arguably, not, in my opinion, not even arguably, is bad for you long-term. It's not sustainable. It wouldn't be. No, it's, it's not sustainable. So in my opinion, you can know that you are worthy of respect and work as hard as you could otherwise still maximize your potential and know that you're worthy of respect. That's I don't, a good, I don't, I don't think that, I don't think they're connected. That's a good narrative to tell yourself. It's, it's a healthy one. It's good. Right. Nice. What's the biggest lesson that you've learned this year? Not to overestimate my own ability. Cause I, I'm a curious guy. I'm a hungry guy, but I also have to be a realistic guy. So managing my time, managing my content, um, humility ultimately helps me serve more people. So that's what I should pursue. Of course, we need you doing this for the long term because you're having such a good impact on people's lives. We need you in that good space to be able to do that. So I'm glad you've you've thought that through. Right. I appreciate good. it. Next question. If you could have coffee, of course, because we're not having water or, or tea with, mm-hmm. with a person that we're having a chat with. Who would you have a coffee with, dead or alive? And what would you want to know? This is going to throw some people off. Um, There's a lot of different answers that I would give depending on the time of day. But right now, because of the mood I'm in, I would have a coffee with Hitler. Um, I want to know, because I'm curious, if you see how I interact with, in quotes, negative or toxic people, and some people would argue he's that, and then some, I want to know how they tick. 
And there's the part of me that also tries, wants to save people um, from themselves. So if I could have one before he became Hitler, I would. Or I would chat with him. We could talk about this for a while, but there's something I think not many people would admit, but it's interesting to see what makes the person tick that is malevolent, that wants to do bad and dangerous because that polarity of understanding that allows you to be benevolent, doing good by others. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Right. Interesting. Right. <laughs> that conversation <laughs> would be pretty hectic, I imagine. I don't know what you two would be getting up to for <laughs> I don't know either. I don't know either. I mean, I know it could backfire on me heavily. Of course. Yeah. It might not. Like I go in knowing that possibility. And I know there's a little bit of I'm gonna call it arrogance that um I don't think I can save everyone, but I like to be able to talk with them and see if I can have a positive impact on them. Right. Okay. There you go, people. That's probably one that you wouldn't have guessed uh Hampton was going to say. (laughs) (laughs) You put that at the beginning and people are like, yeah, Yeah. I don't like this guy. Let's cancel him off YouTube. (laughs) It's like, where's this conversation going? I don't know if I'm going to listen to this podcast. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) My last question for you, Hampton, is what resources would you recommend to the listeners? Is there anything that you enjoy um, that springs to mind in terms of uh, YouTube creators, uh, podcasts, or even even books that you'd like people to share with? There are so many, um, but I think the ultimate resource is a combination of consuming different content, putting yourself a little bit out of your comfort zone, but not enough that you are severely unhappy with yourself, Um, consuming this different content, reaching out and to different people that you want to connect with, um, watching different YouTube channels that you haven't seen before, just to see how you react to them, reading different books, listening to different podcasts, and then internalizing that, doing something in name. So I mean, folding laundry or getting up in the morning, not looking at your phone Mm -hmm. and just making tea and just sitting there and doing nothing. Okay. When you internalize that, I think the universe, not in like a meta, not in like a, a metaphorical way, I think in a very real way, you begin to realize the changes that you want to make. So I think that is a resource I would give people is yourself. Awesome, man. We'll keep it there. I thoroughly enjoyed talking to you. You had such a same here. Excellent perspective, insight. I mean, man, your enthusiasm's got me got me motivated today. I can't wait to <laughs> to get to my same work. Same here. After same this. here. So um, yeah, man. Pleasure meeting you. Great chatting, and um, I'm sure we'll have to collaborate in some other capacity in the future if you're down. I'm down. I'm down. I, I would like you on my on my podcast so we can chat. Awesome. <laughs> All right, everyone. Take care and I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Thanks everyone for listening. Visit fitnessfaqs.com to master calisthenics and become a bodyweight pro.